everybody we are here for another episode of up back through a soccer coaching podcast that is brought to you by running the show a blog for everyone in love with the beautiful game uh joining me from uh lynn shipping sweden let's say hi to uh our tactical guru david salini good morning to you david how's it how's it going man yeah i'm doing i'm doing well over here eddie uh so good night to you i guess uh yeah very yeah. very very bright morning here in sweden and uh, yeah i have a day packed of of reading and stuff and then we have training tonight so we can't be can't beat that kind of a day yeah that sounds decent and uh once again i am eddie prue i am a skills and uh, player development coach based in seattle washington i work at a place called ford sports performance we're working with a lot of the young talent in the seattle area and uh yeah Today, David, what uh, why don't you introduce today's topic? Yeah, so today we thought we would make it into a very coaching specific episode. So we will be discussing how to improve players' ability to finish chances, really. So scoring goals, in essence. Uh, and we have hopefully something interesting to contribute here since you focus a lot on uh, the individual skills needed uh, and I look more of a at an overall picture of, of uh, how we should you know create and and finish the chances we create for for our team so that will be the purpose of the episode and and really I think we came upon this idea when discussing the the Champions League draw before the quarterfinals when we talked about uh, Borussia Dortmund playing your beloved city because obviously you were quite afraid of uh, of playing against uh, the big Norwegian uh, Holland so like the games have been played now you obviously progress so what do you like if we if you start there like what do you think about the games that we saw this week and also for the uh, looking ahead to the semifinals oh man yeah well I definitely am in a state of relaxation and calm now um it was it was nervy just that you know like we have such a curse in the quarterfinals uh so to get to get past dortmund was a relief a little bit cagey from us but um we we pulled it out and it was uh, it was a great game of football um yeah and there were no goals in the other tie today so that was the game to be watching and uh yeah you said it man i mean holland is i mean what can you say about this guy he's a generational talent for sure, he's already scored. His his return on goals and in, in appearances is already out of this world. He's 20 years old, and I mean, yeah, he's just something else. He's he's a player that I, I was very kind of confused by, if I if I can put it like that, uh, when I first started hearing his name when he was at Salzburg and um, before he went to Dortmund and he started, you know, he started na- making a name for himself. I think. Uh, kind of to the world when he uh, uh, was scoring in the Champions League on just just like game after game after game and um, and then he went to Dortmund and he's just you know exploded. But he is a he's such an interesting player because he's really kind of a new prototype. I don't want to say he's 
uh, a pre- that's that's the best way I can think to put it a prototype of player um, and what I mean by that is he's kind of he's really difficult to compare to many other strikers I, I think the obvious comparison um, that people will make quite a bit is uh, to Zlatan just because of their size and the fact that they're both uh, you know from Scandinavian countries but he's really nothing like Zlatan I, well it's difficult to say, but I, I see I see a lot of different attributes than uh, what yeah. what Zlatan has. But it's he's such an interesting player to examine and to uh, watch progress and to watch what he's done already. So uh, anyway, that's that's what I think of Holland in a nutshell. Um, what did you see from uh, watching him play today? Why couldn't he get on the score sheet? I think um, the main thing is that that City were just you know too good. Uh, I think their their overall defending, uh, especially with with someone like Ruben Diaz, who I think is phenomenal in you know ed- every every facet imaginable of of how a player should defend. I mean, he he does everything well all the time. Uh, he's never out of position. He reads the game well. He you know he's always in a position where he covers his teammates. So if a winger would get the ball. And the fullback, in, in this case, Sinchenko steps out. He's always so close by. So the winger might just decide to just, oh, I'm not going to bother here. I'm just going to go back. And then just by being in a good position, he prevents something from happening. Uh, so so someone like him, like marshalling that defense uh, and keeping the line high and, and dropping at the right moments. I mean, it's difficult to to play against that. And and I think Holland, for for large parts, looked to play against Stones more, more, mostly because he felt probably that, you know, I have a bigger chance of dominating him. And I think he did at times, but, but I mean, City were just better than Dortmund, I think, and, and controlled the game and stopped the supply line. So cause, so if you're a striker, if you don't get the ball, it's difficult to do stuff. And and it's often it's often said, like, when, when we look at big games and they're often built up as this is going to be this striker against this striker. So it's going to be, I don't know, Lewandowski versus Ronaldo or whatever. But if Ronaldo never gets the ball, because in, like a Bayern would press so well, so they they stop Ronaldo's team from giving him the ball, then Ronaldo can't really do anything because most strikers they just very few players take the ball and just do everything on their own, and you need someone to give them the ball at, at some point. And if you can stop that, then you stop you stop the best strikers in the world, really. I think because if you can stop them getting the ball and getting into the areas where where they normally thrive, then you know that's the best way to stop someone like Holland from from uh, doing what he does best, which is obviously you know scoring goals. Exactly, that's a, a good point to make because um, what I'm going to touch on now is uh, you know how to to improve young strikers, young players who uh, who like to score goals and who uh, are clearly going to be attacking players. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting point because, you know, you can work on your skills and your technique and your finishing all day, but, um, being a, a good striker is much more than all of that, right? It's also how you can, you know, like kind of go about like finding chances, you know, making runs and essentially just playing with the players who are going to supply you. So the you know there's so many different aspects, different things that uh, being a top striker means, but um, we're just going to focus on the technical side, and uh, I just want to kind of you know touch on a few things that I think really help uh, mold a young striker. Um, 
So for starters, you know, before anything, before, you know, any specific drills or any, you know, uh, general principles for a striker, uh, the, the most basic thing is to have, you know, to, to hone your technique. And that, to me, in my opinion, you, you know, the most important thing for doing that is just repetition, just shooting the ball over and over and over different types of shots, um, just, you know, different distances. But before you even get to the specific types of finishing, you know, finishing through balls and finishing, you know, with your back to goal, you know, how to turn a defender, all these different things, you just need to go out and you need to shoot the ball. And um, I'll say I've said it to so many soccer parents over the years that, the greatest gift that I ever received in my career was a big bag of balls that I would just take out and shoot over and over and over. And it was, yeah, it was the thing that allowed me to just have repetitions over and over before, you know, going and gathering up all those balls and then bringing them out and doing it again. Um, yeah, I think I actually, I don't even know if it was a gift. I don't think it was. I think I just acquired, you know, balls here and there and, uh, at some point I had a respectable uh, number and got a big bag. And that was, yeah, that was um, what I love to do. And so if you can't find joy in just going out and shooting the ball, if you're not excited to do that before training or after training, then that's going to be a difficult thing to improve. That's going to, I mean, uh, it might just mean that you're not, a, you know, somebody that uh, is interested in scoring goals, but uh, shooting the ball just over and over and figuring out these different techniques and what is going to, you know, work best for you. Um, that is the very, very first thing that any young player should do. Um, and from there, the sky is the limit, you know, and you might find out that, you know, being a striker is not what you, uh, is not the position that you, you would be best at. But the thing about being a striker and a goal scorer is that you, it's pretty easy to tell from an early age who, who is a number nine type player who really wants to get in front of goal and, you know, who knows where the posts are when they, once they put their head down. Um, so I think, you know, goal scorers definitely have that instinct that is innate that you can't really teach. Um, you can practice the technical part all day long, but there's something about top strikers that they just have this thing that, that is they're born with. And it's just an instinct. It's just something that, uh, allows them to know where a ball is going to pop out of a, you know, where it's going to maybe get miscleared to or where, you know, where the chances are. Um, so that's something you can't teach, but, you know, everything else is, all the technical things are, are learnable. Yeah, because when we, when we talk about finishing and we're talking about scoring goals, I think, as you mentioned, there, there are a lot of things that come into it. I think we, we tend to look at football in terms of four main like aspects and those would be technique uh, intelligence uh, physique and uh, psychology in a way and if you look at at finishing i mean you you mentioned the the obvious one which is obviously the technique because you need to work on different types of technique for striking the ball so it could be with your inside it could be with even you know, even with your toes with the outside of your foot if you you need to be able to strike the ball with the laces of the foot and and uh, practice volleys, half volleys, you know, shooting in step whilst you're running, uh, which can c catch a defender and a goalkeeper out. And and then obviously I think it's important to to work at placing shots uh, rather than just always going for power. And then of course heading as well. So there are a lot of technical aspects that are important. But then as you rightly mentioned, they're like intelligence, understanding when to shoot, 
when to make a run to get into a position from from which you can shoot and from which you can score. Uh, also, like knowing which positions you 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 pick up. And I mean, if you if you look at the Champions League games this week, we had one example of, of a player like that, like Thomas Müller, who's someone who who uh, reads the game fantastically, and he he always pops up in spaces where he can go and score. And and I think some of it is is natural for some players but i mean also if you put players consistently in scenarios in training where they will have to read the game and, and end up in positions where they can can go and score uh, they, i think they can practice that as well and, and and really learn how to be an effective goal scorer in terms of understanding where to be so that would be the intelligence part and then if we look at physicality and, and physique we need to like players need to have the physique to First of all, getting behind the defense, so make like quick, short, short runs in behind. Uh, they need to be able to hold off a defender at times. Uh, they need to be able to obviously hit the ball with enough power to beat the goalkeeper. So that's like the physicality comes into play as well. And then finally, which I think might be the most important one, is mental ability. So can players finish under pressure? Can we finish when we're being pressed by a defender, when, when a goalkeeper is diving at our feet? Um, that's that's something I think is important as well. That we that if we only focus on the technical aspects and we only focus on on how we actually strike the ball, uh, we might miss out on the opportunity of of actually practicing in game-like situations. Because a lot of players are really good finishers without opposition, but then when they end up in a game and you're being pressed and you have defenders throwing themselves at you and and you might only have a split second to take a shot, uh, then they might might not be able to do it. So I think creating sessions as well, like when you when you master the basic uh, technical abilities, I think getting players into positions in training where they're being pressed while they finish, I think that's important as well to to really work on all four aspects of finishing. So technique, intelligence, physicality, and and then of course mental mental ability and psychology. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, like kind of in, in line with everything that we say about player development, you know, you really just have to get kids in situations where they can finish against opposition. And, um, you know, most commonly and most effectively, that's small sided games, you know, six aside, five aside, um, just speed games. That's, you know, the thing that gets you the most repetitions of finishing on a uh, in a realistic situation where you have pressure, where you uh have you know a keeper um as opposition and all that so um yeah the cheat code for learning how to score goals is not really a secret at all it's just getting in those game situations so Mm -hmm. the more the better and um uh yeah so a couple uh i I just want to add a couple things that um i i didn't actually end up being a striker in my career but i did end up being somebody who could shoot the ball very well i will say that uh, with no real modesty, it's the, I did. I was able to. I did have a good strike, and that's simply because I loved to train on shooting. I would shoot before, or after practice, almost every uh, training session of my career, and uh, so things that helped me along the way is uh, a few just kind of random tactics that I had. And one of them would be, um, and, and this, this, I should clarify, this comes from a central midfield player. So my, my main 
focus was to finish uh, from the top of the box or from distance even. So this isn't exactly uh, in line with a lot of finishing that uh, traditional strikers will do, but um, it's good. It's good food for thought anyway. It might make you think out of the box a little bit. So one thing that I would do is I would train on shooting from 35 and 40 yards out because why not? I mean, that sounds ridiculous because I mean, it's not common at all that you're going to take a shot from such a distance, but it's, if you, if you do take shots from ridiculous places or different, you know, crazy angles, crazy distances, that's, it's going to make shooting from 20 yards seem like a totally different thing. Um, You know, when you, when you do like see the goal from a preposterous distance, when you get closer, it'll just seem so much easier. So it's a little bit of a mind game that you play with yourself to, to make finishing easier. It's like, wow, this, this finish is ridiculous. But if you, if you see the goal at that distance, then when you see the goal at a closer distance, finishing is going to seem like a different thing. So um, that's just one thing you can try. You can train on, you know, things that seem preposterous and, and not useful, but they will in fact, you know, make, uh, make the things that are common. It'll make those things much easier. Um, that's just one thing. But other yeah, than that, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let yeah. Let's just st- stick around with that one because that's really inter- interesting. And I, I can personally ensure everyone that Eddie was a really good goal scorer, a really good finisher. He he scored a, a lot of goals for us when he when we played at Bowden together, and he was probably our probably top scorer in two out of three seasons there. I would assume you you had some really yeah. good. Good momentum a, going there, especially stress, the last season, I, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, you were yeah, a really good anyway. goal scorer. So, so. Uh, and it's important. Def- let me let me mention one thing, and then I'll let you go. But it, I was transformed into a goal scoring midfielder. My first season, I did not have. I think I had three goals, and then um, as soon as Stuart Gibson came, he he changed the way I played, and I think I had. I want to say I had then eleven and twelve goals in my next two seasons under him. So. Um, We'll have to we'll have to talk to him sometime and see what his uh I, I don't I don't remember exactly what he did to transform me but that might be uh in an upcoming in an upcoming uh, edition but uh, yeah anyway yeah, yeah but just continue, picking please. up on, on your on your uh, you know on your mind game strategy there I think that's that's also interesting because that's that's psychology again uh, so you you take shots from further out which are going to be more difficult but then as you might then get into the positions where you might look to score in a game, those might seem, I mean, sim- more simple in a way, uh, because you've, you've worked on doing it from, from further out. Uh, so then, you, like, like you said, you play a mind game with yourself. And that, that's, in, like, that's, very, that's a very interesting strategy, I think. Uh, so that, that's something that I didn't know. Uh, I had never thought of that when we, when we played together, but that's, yeah, that's really interesting, and, and obviously it worked for you. So, you know, whatever works. Yeah, I mean, it is totally a mind game, and I think the more you can kind of discipline your mind, and this is not the type of mind game that shooting from distance is. It, I'm not referencing that type of mind game. This a different mind game that I think the best players in general all have is tricking themselves into thinking that they're in a game when they're training on things like this. So. Uh, for a striker being in like, you know, finishing practice, it's like every time the, the coach that's working with him, like throws a ball out for him to finish, he's like, I'm in a game right now. You know, that's, that's like Mm -hmm. 
an interesting kind of elite mentality that I think a lot of top players have. Um, so again, with the mentality part, um, the more you can make things difficult and realistic for yourself, the, the better the, and more calmly you'll be able to do them in a game. So for strikers, for pure number nine strikers, um, a training that I like to do quite often is um, what you mentioned earlier, Doves, is, is taking is, uh, you know, shooting in stride. So just touch hit. So that's what that would be. If you're right footed, you would take a touch and you can do this, you know, against the defender, you know, for training very easily. So or against a, a cone as a defender um, in training very easily. So if you were right footed, it would be the best way I can describe it is you would take a touch at the defender and then you would put your right foot down. You would take your next step with your left foot and then you would touch or no. Okay. I've lost you. Haven't I? So it's essentially, you're not taking an extra step in between when you touch the ball and hit it. It's touch plant, no touch step plant hit. It's, it's a very, it's a very fluid motion. And I know it's Mm. possible to, to picture as I'm trying to describe it, but um, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a very, you, you mentioned it earlier, Dobbs, it catches everyone off guard. You know, you can yeah. get your shot off much quicker. So, uh, that's a skill that I like to work on a lot, but, um, but in general, I will, I like to make finishing very, um, very, very difficult, very just like awkward kind of, so again, you know, you push yourself to the furthest uh, level of comfortability you know so if, if shooting from distance uh, as practice is uncomfortable then you'll be comfortable from 20 yards as opposed to 40 but in mm. this you know in this way like if i if i make you take you know touch finish i'll maybe i'll bounce a ball at your knee and you'll have to figure out how to get it out of your feet and shoot it as quickly as possible because um, mm. you will have those types of finishes where it's a scramble in the box and you need to you know calm a uh, you know you need to wrangle a ball and have a shot so um, I like to make things kind of just as awkward and, and as uncomfortable for players as possible when we're when we're training on uh, finishing in the box for the most part. Yeah, and and that's I mean that's gonna tie us nicely into what I'd like to discuss, and that's how I construct finishing practices and exercises when because uh, I I think more of as a, from a team perspective, so creating opportunities that will. Um, be similar to the ones we create in games uh, so for me like in general I want to create sessions and exercises that create match-like situations for the players and this goes for finishing as well so for me I don't think that my players will essentially be better finishers just because we you know line up outside the box and, and, and have shots I mean I think individually that's important to work on I think for me, when I have my team, I would like us to work more on on how we play and get into those situations because we only have a few sessions a week. I think working on your on your finishing individually, like you mentioned, uh, is something you can do after training or before training or or, on, or in your own spare time. But I'm looking more from from a team tactical perspective here. So so I think I need to create a context uh, a context that is uh, similar to the ones again that we will encounter in games. So. Uh, in terms of finishing, I think you have to be able to finish, as I mentioned, when defenders are chasing you, when you're being pressed, when a goalkeeper throws himself at your feet. Uh, and then the technical ability is vital, but I think intelligence and mentality are just as important as, as we've, you know, I think we both have agreed on by now. Uh, 
so as uh, therefore I, I want to create exercises that put players into situations similar to the situation they will find themselves in during games and I always include defenders to make it as authentic as possible additionally this gives this gives our defenders the possibility and the opportunity to work on the aspects that are important for them in terms of preventing goals so defending the penalty area uh, for example and then it also creates an opportunity for the goalkeeper to work in situations that would be beneficial for them because they will have to act in accordance to attackers as well as defenders in a game so this type of drill will make it authentic for them as well so I, I'd like just quickly to mention two drills and two exercises that I do and I will put these on the blog so you, people can go to running the show blog.wordpress.com to have a look at this uh, I think we'll also might post them on Twitter uh, so that would be at run the show blog on Twitter so give us a follow there and you can have a look uh, the first one is is like a transition game so we we start we have two goals opposite each other we play in a quite narrow narrow pitch uh, and you have a 2v1 you have two teams so you have uh, a red team we can say that attack a blue team so it would be two reds versus one blue right when the ball is dead, so when the Reds have, have had, a, had a shot at goal or, or the goal, ball, ball has gone out of play, uh, two Blues will step in to create a 3v2 against the Reds. And then again, they play it until the ball is, is dead. And an additional two Reds will come in and create a 4v3. So you have three attacks in the same game. So it's 2v1, which then becomes 3v2, which then becomes 4v3. And then we just run that. We go, we go along with that for, for uh, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And we will create a lot of opportunities to score goals. We have a lot of, of shots at goal from different angles. And those situations will be prototypical from what they would be in a game. So the goalkeeper will have to organize his defenders ahead of him. The attackers will have to make runs and have to combine to get into to a position where they can actually go and actually shoot. Uh, so I, I really like that session in terms of... of creating opportunities for us to to have shots at goal um but have you have you done anything like that eddie in in your playing that you've when you work on like those transitional elements and you go so you attack and then you defend it and you attack again and and do you have any experience of, of working within that and, and in, especially in terms of a finishing perspective yeah uh that's a pretty common um drill to do uh you know for finishing in general and just uh uh, and the defending aspect, like you said, everyone everyone gets involved. Um, uh, the thing that reminds me also the, of like speed games, you know, where like a whole team is involved, where you'll you'll have two two goals close to each other, and then lines of players on opposite posts diagonal mm. from each other. So you you know that one. So one player will run and have a shot, and then instantly has to defend yeah. uh, the player from yeah. But anyway, um, yeah. So those games are fantastic for development, for decision making, for game. Uh, realistic finishing and uh i should yeah it brought up a good point when you when you say that you want to put players in situations that they'll likely encounter in games and uh so i mean the way the way a coach sets his team up and the tactics that he or she employs you know uh really kind of should dictate what kind of drills and what kind of finishing uh their you know their strikers should uh, focus on um, yeah. If you know if you're a team that likes to get it wide and you know whip it into the box, then you know Sergio Aguero might not be your 
your uh, ideal striker, even though he'll he'd still find a way to score probably. But you know, <laughs> then you'd want you'd, you'd want somebody like uh, like an Aiden Jacko or Ronaldo or you know somebody who's really good in the air. Um, or you, for example, that's just what I'm saying. You know, um, that's, yeah. that's an example of what you know kind of how you should focus on uh, training your strikers, but. But those yeah. drills where it's three v two or four v three, I think those are you know some of the best drills you can have, and um, where everyone gets involved. And defenders too. On, on a totally side note, you know defenders should take pride in in those drills and uh, you know really enjoy to to keep clean sheets or you know to you know have a make it a contest where you know you you play ten balls and we'll see how many goals and uh, yeah. how many uh, clean sheet you know we, we can call them a clean sheet I guess for, uh, yeah. for the defense. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's and, fantastic. And I think it's also interesting when you use games like these because, okay, the focus is to create a lot of opportunities to, to have shots, and that's why we have a numerical advantage, or your 2v1, or your 3v2, or your 4v3, to actually get an opportunity to shoot. It would be, if we do, if when I create sessions, I, I want the players to be able to work on the, you know, the aspect I want them to work on. So if I want to work on finishing, I'm not going to, have one attacker play against three defenders because he will probably not have any shots at goal. Uh, so I really think it's important to, as you say, find like a connection with the way you play as a team. So in a, in a game like this, you create an opportunity for the players to work on their finishing. You they will work on their combination play, which is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. They they work on, in terms of their defensive transition. So how do we react when we lose the ball? Because we're obviously when we two when we attack two v one and we finish our our attack or we lose the ball, the opponent will then attack us three v two. So we're 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 in a numerical disadvantage, if you will. So then you have to deal with that. So how can we maybe defend in a way that we can make it into a 2v2 instead. So can we cut someone off with the angles we defend from? So we get a lot lot into the to the session that isn't about finishing. And I think that's something that, that I like to do. And I think is you get naturally when you play games that you work on, on all aspects of your game, even though the focus is a certain thing. And for this for the second drill I'd like to mention, it's very simple drill in essence. And I think it's probably my, my absolute favorite in terms of of creating goal scoring situations and 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 finishing at goal and and that's just you set up the team you set up the team two teams so you have one attacking team of five plus a goalkeeper so it's a goalkeeper and then you have five attackers versus three defenders and a goalkeeper so it's it's actually a, a goalkeeper plus five versus a goalkeeper plus three uh, and the game is played i i usually adaptive with depending on dependent on how good my team is in terms of both attacking and also in terms of defending so i would normally do it say if we if we take uh, the 16 yard uh, the penalty area if we narrow that by about three or four meters on, on each side and then we go for in length maybe 40 40 meters in length and in the middle of that pitch i draw a line so i, I create a line behind the defense if you will and the defenders aren't allowed to drop below that line until the ball is played in behind so really the attacking team will look to play the ball into the space that the defenders can't drop into and uh, so we look at central combination play and runs into depth that's like the focus to get into those situations so 
uh, when the ball then is played into that space and an attacker might be through on goal, the defenders are allowed to come back into the space and defend. So they can back press, if you will. So they can't drop into the space until the ball has been played in. So it allows and it encourages the attacking team to play the ball into that space because it's, the space will be open. Uh, it also forces the defenders to constantly change their angles and how they cover each other when they go and press the ball because otherwise you know the attacking team have so much space to just you know pick the passes or might even have a shot from from distance because if they're not pressed then there's no need to play the ball in behind they can just try and have a have a have a shot from from distance instead so we work on a lot of aspects again and when the ball is actually played into that space and the attacker might be through on goal and he's being chased and he has a goalkeeper rushing out to him then we create a situation that the striker will, or the, whoever the attacker might be will find himself in in a game. So when you are finishing and you're being chased by a defender, that's get, similar to a game because you're under pressure. You have to finish at pace before you're being, being caught. Uh, you have to take the position of the goalkeeper into account. So where do you, where do you place the ball? Uh, and I think in this type of drill, everything is authentic in terms of the finishing situation. Uh, but the mental aspect is also authentic. So we get in, into position from where we would finish in a game. We get into a state of being being able to b- practice our ability to finish when under heavy pressure, uh, which is you know what you do in a game. If you get get the ball in the box in a game, you might have half a second to have a shot. And we also work on the importance of concentrating properly when we finish. Because in this type of game, if we play for 10 minutes, an attacker might only get four or five chances to shoot. So in terms of repetition, it's not, it's not the best. But those chances that we actually get are similar to what we get in a game. And we won't get a lot of chances in a game. And then we need to capitalize on those chances we actually do create. So games like that, I think, uh, is something we can always, always use to create situations and scenarios that will mimic the ones we will encounter in a game, which I think is really beneficial for especially, especially players that already know how to shoot in terms of technique. So if you if you have the te- technical ability, you need the mental and the uh, the mental ability and the intelligence of knowing when and how and also. Of, of being resistant to pressure in those situations to actually go and, and score goals and, and, you know, might be an extra pass instead if, if the situation warrants it. Then if we get into that, I think we have a good chance of improving the ability of our, of our attackers to score. And again, you get a transitional element because if the defending team win the ball, they can go and attack on a goal uh, behind the attacking team where, they, where the attacking goalkeeper is. So... You will have to have to work on your on your uh, defensive transition as well. And if you, as a coach, prefer, you can just remove the line after a few minutes uh, and allow the defenders to defend in in the in you know all over the space. But uh, then you have already gotten the principles of playing in behind them uh, into your players. So I mean, games like that have immense potential for creating goal-scoring opportunities and, and improving the finishing ability of players, I think. Yeah, I mean, just you <laughs> describing, you know, this setup and the rules of this drill just makes me want to 
lace up and get out there and do that man that sounds fun and uh i loved i loved those kind of drills where you get a little bit of everything and it's just uh you know the ball's flying around because you're in a tight space and uh yeah when you get it through on goal in a situation and again in a thing like that that's that's really where you're gonna actually you know get that little bit of uh experience even if it is in training that experience of having a keeper rushing out at you or having someone close you down as you have to get a shot off or any any of those situations those are like you said um the match realistic drills are absolutely the best and uh yeah, even if they're not the best for repetition, then you just go and do a drill that is good for repetition. That's just, uh, you know, you with a yeah. bag of balls on top of the box, you know, and, uh, yeah, exactly. you know, so, um, one, another tiny little hint that I, or little thing that I kind of stick to with, uh, with drills that are just repetition and just, uh, you know, technical for just for your technique and, uh, your skill set. Um, when you do a repetition of, let's say you're, you have a you know, drill where you, maybe get through a couple of cones on the top of the box with, you know, just different uh, ball uh, control patterns, you know, and then you take a, sh- take a touch and uh, have a shot. So, I mean, that drill might last, it's a matter of seconds. So when you do a drill like that, you have to focus for every one of those seconds and then you take a tiny little break in between. Okay. Don't, don't just rush through reps just to get reps. Okay. Make sure everyone is very uh, realistic and you're as focused as you can be. Um, that's when you get the most out of those drills. But uh, again, the realistic drills on top of just the uh, just the repetitive over and over and over ones, uh, both of those things are totally necessary to build uh, confidence in front of goal. And yeah, that's uh, in short what uh, we can say about developing a skill set uh, as a striker. Um, and so David's just described these two drills, but, uh, again, he's going to, he has them in document, uh, form, you know, he has renderings. So those are going to be up on the blog at, uh, running the show blog.wordpress.com. And, uh, yeah, so that was a, a brief striker session, Dobbs. That was, that was fun, pal. Um, yeah, it kind of makes yeah. you want to get out there with a big bag of balls, doesn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you can, you can, uh... I can assure you that I will be doing this tonight with my players to to work <laughs> on our combination play in central area. So yeah, uh, it was good to practice my instructions uh, in in this forum uh, before going out <laughs> to do it on the pitch. So yeah, uh, and I'd just like to you know finish off here just by saying that uh, there is no right or wrong in terms of of how you approach this, and if you if you believe that's the best way to to create or to improve your player's ability to finish, then it's you know completely different to what we've discussed here. Then you know that's fine because that's that's what you believe in. This is what we believe in. Uh, so we believe in this mix between the individual working on the, on their technique and and in different scenarios. And you can obviously create those in in training as well. It doesn't have to be on their own. Uh, but I I personally really like placing the finishing moments into situations where we get everything else as well so yeah it's uh it's a subject that we can could never properly uh get get to grips with because it's such a big part of 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 football and it's uh probably the most difficult part because that's why we pay we don't pay but that's why why clubs pay a lot of money for strikers uh because you want people to people who are able to put the ball into the back of the net and and uh, perhaps working like we've like we've discussed today might might help your team to to do just that. Exactly. So, 
yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed and uh, we'll be back soon with something else. So thanks again, David, and uh, we'll be back soon, everybody. Thanks for listening.